Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's January 8th, and somehow we've made it to Friday. I'm Nyla Boodoo. We continue our coverage of this historic week. China's doubling down on its anti-democracy efforts and understanding QAnon's role in Wednesday's insurrection. Yesterday, President-elect Biden was among those who said that Wednesday's police response was much less aggressive than at last year's racial justice protests. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. Meanwhile, calls for President Trump to be impeached or removed via the 25th Amendment continued among Democrats and some Republicans. And numerous officials in Trump world resigned. Two of the most high-profile include Education Secretary Betsy DeVos and Labor Secretary Elaine Chao, who said the riot had deeply troubled her. She's married to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Will Wednesday's events change everything about American politics? Or will we look back and realize nothing really changed? That's a pretty big question. And whenever there are very big questions, I like to talk to Jim Vandehei. He's the CEO of Axios and one of its co-founders. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Big picture, can I ask you first just what your sense of this moment is? Like, do you see this as a Watergate moment that will be a clear demarcation line in American history? Certainly something changed. I think there's a sub-segment of the Republican Party that realized enough is enough. The question is, is it enough where Republicans repudiate with some lasting effect both Donald Trump and the politics of Donald Trump? And I think that's an open question because only hours after you had people storm into the U.S. Capitol and take it over, you still had 60% of House Republicans take the extraordinary step of trying to invalidate the election of Joe Biden. And so not that much changed, at least in the moment. What should we expect from Joe Biden and the Democrats now that they control both houses of Congress and the White House? I think Joe Biden has had pretty much the exact same plan for a year and rarely modifies it. And I don't think it's going to modify it much because of what happened in the last 48 hours. Listen, he's going to be in constant conflict inside of his own party because I think the vast majority of the Democratic Party is way to the left of Joe Biden's instincts. So where do we go from here? Listen, I think we still have a hell of a tense 12 days ahead of us. And then the hard work begins. This is not going to be a Joe Biden fix-it project. This is going to be something that if the media doesn't get it right, if Joe Biden doesn't get it right, if CEOs don't step up and take an even bigger role with their employees and in their community and with their companies, if you don't have education leaders, if you don't have everybody stepping up and locking arms to say, what the hell did we do? How did we get here? And how do we fix it? We're going to continue to be bedeviled by these same problems. There's just a lot to overcome, and I've always felt like it's going to be a longer slog than most people think. Axios CEO Jim Vanda, hi. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. We'll be back in 15 seconds with how conspiracy theories also help get us to this point. Welcome back to Axios Today. Part of how we got to the violence that we saw on Wednesday is QAnon, 
a loose network of online communities that many of President Trump's supporters participate in and promote. My colleague Dan Primack explored how QAnon fueled Wednesday's violence on his podcast, Actius Recap, and I wanted to talk to him about what he's learned. Dan Primack, thanks for being here. What role did QAnon play in the assault on the Capitol? Call it a significant contributing factor. QAnon is a network of interlocking conspiracy theories of which people kind of come in and out of. QAnon is something that gets people into these message boards. And it's on a lot of those message boards that people were discussing storming the Capitol. You're seeing these messages from five days ago, a week ago, really ever since Trump announced January 6th. For people who do not know about this, what do we need to know? QAnon theories are really way out there. There's talk about child sex trafficking and drinking blood. The real thinking, though, is that Donald Trump isn't just promoting the political positions of people. He's really fighting something truly, truly evil. You can find this stuff pretty easily. On Instagram. Instagram, Reddit. I do think it will be helpful if Facebook and Twitter stick to their guns and keep Trump off their platforms. But that might be a little bit too late. For people who aren't immersed in this, what do they need to know? You're probably friends or family with somebody who is in some way immersed in this. A lot of the stuff that Trump has been publicly talking about, a lot of the election conspiracies, they have their roots in QAnon. They go from the message board all the way up and ended up in the mouth of the president of the United States. If you want to know more about this, check out Axios Recap. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Dan Premack is the author of the Pro Rata newsletter and host of Axios Recap. We know the chaos in Washington this week is dangerous for the U.S. and for democracy, and it also takes up all of your attention. That's why we didn't want the week to end without talking about what also happened in China. Hong Kong authorities arrested more than 50 pro-democracy activists and politicians. Bethany Allen Ibrahimian is Axios's China expert. Bethany, good morning. Can you tell us what's going on? Yeah. So early Wednesday morning, more than 1,000 police officers fanned out over Hong Kong and arrested at least 53 pro-democracy activists and politicians. These are some of the most well-known people in Hong Kong participating in Hong Kong's completely legitimate democratic elections. And now they have all been charged with subverting state power. Bethany, China's leaders are actually feeling very confident, and I wonder why that's important to understand in the context of these arrests. So with the coronavirus outbreak last year, I mean, initially that was terrible for China's global reputation. However, they were eventually able to control it very well. And because of that, China is the only major economy in the world to experience significant economic growth in 2020. I think Xi Jinping is feeling like, you know, he wants to make hay while the sun shines. And this entire dramatic crackdown on on Hong Kong has happened entirely during the coronavirus pandemic. With that said, I wonder how the events this week in Washington were portrayed by the Chinese Communist Party. You know, in Hong Kong, there were huge protests last year, and that's a real sore point for the Chinese Communist Party. And so it showed photos of the chaos yesterday in the capital. And it said that this was, quote, a beautiful sight to behold. That's something that Nancy Pelosi said on June 4th, 2019, as a large group of peaceful 
protesters held a candlelight vigil in Hong Kong commemorating the 1989 Tiananmen Massacre. And so they were taking that line and turning it on its head and saying, look at this beautiful sight to behold. And so there were a lot of comments like that from Chinese state media. Bethany Allen Ibrahimian covers China for Axios. That does it for us. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Carol Wu, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Kara Schillen, and Naomi Shaven. Our mixed engineer is Alex Sugiyara. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer. Sarah Kehlani Gu is our executive editor. And special thanks to Axios co-founder Mike Allen. At Pushkin, our executive producers are Leetal Malad and Jacob Weisberg. If you're a fan of the podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a review. It helps other people find us. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and have a good weekend.